Hey everybody, I hope everyone is doing well. Coming to you live on this Easter Sunday. I want to take this time to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday. I hope you're enjoying time with your family, whether it's in person or through a media platform. Um, I know we're all getting very creative with how we socialize with family and friends right now. Uh, but keep in mind what's important, actually being able to see them and talk to them. Uh, and just make sure you're making the most out of these weird circumstances as much as you can. Uh, Mike and I just wrapped up an awesome interview with our friend Chris Tuttle. We'll go to uh, go into his profession during the episode. But before we go to that, uh, you can follow Chris on Instagram at FT underscore Coach Tuttle. And you can gain access to his products and his platform at No Windy Sleeves. This is where you can donate to first responders and frontline healthcare professionals. Mike and I made a donation and it will get you a No Windy Sleeve shirt. And then the only thing that Chris, Mike, and I ask you is just make sure you complete your end of the bargain. No Windy Sleeves. Uh, take care, everybody, and now to the interview. What's up, guys? Back with another episode of Three Balls and a BLP. Special episode tonight. I got one of my good buddies, old friend, uh, old colleague, Chris Tuttle on. He uh, was a strength coach at Villanova when I was there. Has moved on to some bigger and better things, and uh, we're excited to get some conversations going with him here. But uh, Matt, Chris, what's going on? How are you guys? How's it going, guys? I'm doing well. Holding up through everything, you know, staying positive. but. No, life's going going well. That's all we can do. Chris, thanks for coming on. Um, this is another first for us. We have a, a group Zoom. Going to do a full episode with you. I have a bunch of questions I'm excited to go in on. And then um, I know you have a lot going on. I'm excited to hear kind of your side, your background, um, and fill us in on what you have going on from a day to day. And uh, so let's just kind of roll. Yeah, I'll give a quick bio on Chris here because I want to get all his accolades correct here. He is the current owner-operator Fast Twitch Saddlebooks Training Facility in North Jersey, co-founder of the No Windy Sleeves program. I'll let him get into that a little bit later on because it's, it's an awesome program that he's got going on. And he was a former strength and conditioning coach at Villanova, uh, played baseball at Misericordia University for four years, catcher. And uh, Chris, did I miss anything? Anything else you want me to throw on there? No, no, that's about it. You know, it's uh, nothing too exciting, but bounced around, a little, uh, you know, a bunch of places, but, you know, hopefully found a home here in Jersey. So perfect. I'm good. So Mike filled me in. He says you're a big Boston sports fan. How are you holding up? You know, I, I it's <laughs> because I'm like the Brady guy. I got him tattooed on my, on my thigh. Right. You know, um, but honestly, with everything else that's been going on, there probably couldn't have been a better time for him to choose to leave because I have not thought about it at all. I know once we get out of this and I start seeing him in that jersey and that training camp, I'll probably be in tears for a couple of days, but I haven't had time to think about it. Hypothetical for you. Patriots, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl next year. Are you booing Tom Brady? Oh, I mean, see, I say this. I, I'm a Boston, so I'm just a, I'm a loyalist. You know, I'm Boston everything no matter what. So I ride with Belichick now. You know, he made the decision to pick Brady over Bledsoe at that time. So I trust him that he thought it was time to move on. So I got to ride with Bill here. So I'll, pro I'll probably be booing Brady. Okay. <laughs> I don't like know with the numbers that they offered him and what he went for. You know, they were kind of little bottoms. You can't really blame him for leaving. Yeah. Yeah, it's about time he kind of cashed in a little bit. But uh, So one of your dogs is named Brady. Have you thought about changing his name? Yeah, we're, we're in the works of, of going out for some other names. We're actually going <laughs> to name our new dog Mookie when we got a dog last year. And I was like, I don't think he's going to be on the Red Sox either. So we uh -oh. naming him Mookie. I mean, we lost, you know, Chris Sale, Mookie, and Tom Brady all within 40 days. So the dark ages of Boston sports are upon us, I think. 
Have you yeah, thought but, about naming your dogs after something other than sports? <laughs> yeah, I, that, we, we we went with the Game of Thrones for this last one, you know, right okay. before they came out that last season, and that was kind of let down. So we're just not winning right now with dog names. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's all right, though. You've had plenty of championships in the past 15 years, so you can yeah. you can rest on those. I think it's we've earned You can't really time. complain. Yeah, we've earned the time to be shit on for a little bit. At least we got the Bees and the Celtics. Yeah, That's but, true. No. Yeah. I think boss. I think the Bruins are going to get one here, and we're the next maybe two, three years. I mean, they have such a good team. Well, yeah, last year Game Seven of the Cup was a freaking brutal, but it is what it is. As long as the Masters come on in November, I'll be happy. We get a little Tiger victory, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be all happy again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into it here, Matt. You, uh, I think you got the first question here after after Brady. I feel bad, so I kind of I, I was going to do that later, but it just segued so perfectly. We usually just start things off with <laughs> we start things off with six easy ones, just to get warmed up. Um, so first one, what's your favorite color? Favorite color, burnt orange. Longhorns fan. I think I've kind of transitioned to black. That's pretty much all I wear now, but uh, orange for a long time. All right, give me one word to describe yourself, Tut. Uh, dedicated. Just everything that I do. I like that. I like that. So we're going to really get into like what you're doing in the gym, kind of your background and some of your passions, but outside of that, outside of the weight room, what are some downtime hobbies of yours? Um, I mean, I, I'm a big like family guy. So I just, I really, really enjoy just sitting around the table, sitting at the picnic table, have a drink, spending time with my family. Um, I'm obsessed with golf. Like I, I'm a diehard golf guy. That's why I played in high school. Um, I recently just got a guitar to try to keep my mind occupied uh, during this quarantine. So trying to teach myself how to play the guitar a little bit. Um, and then uh, I'm obsessed with tattoos as well. So trying to ink up all over. Nice. Have you seen the app that the app on your phone that kind of like plays you through? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at them all right now because I picked that thing up. I've been playing for a couple, you know, about a week and my fingers just like don't move fluidly. So I'm trying to find all those <laughs> things to help me out. The calluses, the calluses are moving from here all the way up. Yeah, my fingers are already ripped up up here, and I can't bend them because I broke them from catching. So, like trying to get on the court, just I'm not made for it. But it's fun, it, you know. It's a a lot of the stuff that I that I'm trying to do now is for like mental stimulation that's not work related. So it's something to keep my mind going where it's not looking at your phone or your computer at night. Kind of shut the brain off you. for a little bit. Nice. Yeah, good time yeah. to do it. All right, so give me three of your favorite movies of all time, Chris. Oh. I'm going to get real shit on for this one. Um, probably my favorite movie of all time is Armageddon. Um, I love it. I don't know why. Um, for the love of the game with Kevin Costner. And then uh, I don't even know what the last one would be. Maybe like Fury. I love those old war movies. I love them. I'm not a big like classical old school movie type guy. Okay. not a big buff. Yeah. Something about Armageddon gets me juiced up every time it's on. Is that the one where they have to go to the comet and blow it up? Yeah, it's super corny, but it's, you know, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, you know, it's a tearjerker at the end, so. It, it, it is a tearjerker. So, um, last question. I got to get your stats, man. Bench, squat, deadlift. What are they? Oh, boy. Um, bench, 325. I'm not a good bencher. I just hit 315 for the first time in my life like a month ago. Suck at benching. Uh, Deadlift 605, just hit that. That was a lifetime goal of mine was to hit 600, so I just hit that. I'm nice. really pumped about it. And then uh, squat 475, I'm going to retest here in about a month, so I'm shooting for 500. It's been a lifetime goal too. Nice, nice. So how long, like, dedicated 
how long you've been dedicated training like um because i know you started kind of how we got connected um through mike but started at villanova as the strength coach so how long have you been doing that how long has it been a passion um you know i because i played college baseball i was into training just for that really wasn't you know a big passion of mine i just did it to be better at baseball when i finished playing baseball i, I was the graduate assistant at misericordia university um, so in my time, I was just lifting, not super passionate about it. Just wanted to stay in shape because um, I used to I was really out of shape in high school and going into my freshman year, like two two fifty plus. Um, so I just wanted to make sure I didn't get back there. And then, um, you know, I thought I wanted to be a baseball coach forever. And I realized my favorite part about the coaching was the training them. Um, so I left coaching baseball in 2015 and went and took a volunteer internship at the University of Cincinnati for about six months. Um, Started there and then moved to Villanova and then and then came out to uh, Jersey in 2017. So let's say really about 2015 is when I really started to love it and really get into it and kind of change my whole outlook on life and training and everything. But it's been uh, nice. yeah, it's about five years. I didn't really train that hard myself, like really train for numbers probably until I got to Nova. And I mean, you're around like Coach Cox and, and all those guys. You got to be about it. So it was, yeah, those guys are characters. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was a life changing, but all right. So, what's your favorite lift to do? Is it like legs, back, chest, arm? Like, what, what? What's your? What gets you up in the morning thinking like, okay, this is that day. This is what I'm gonna get into. Just legs, and it's so weird. I used to be a chest guy. I like despise. I could. I can't even get jacked up to really go into the gym to do upper body anymore. I don't know why. I just love going in and training legs. I think like it's a mental competition and a mental challenge to yourself to get you know juiced up enough to go you know squat or deadlift heavy um your heart rate's up your body you're getting a good sweat you're not chasing a pump because i feel like upper body you're just chasing a pump the whole time where you're mm -hmm. chasing you know a good hard training session you know grinding through weights pushing yourself so when i know it's leg day the next day the meal is calculated out the night before the sleep like you know it, i i it's hard for me to sleep at night when I know I'm going to do a heavy deadlift or a heavy squat. Like I get juiced up for it. So there you go. But that was a hard transition. Yeah. I used to be the guy that would do chest on Mondays, back Tuesdays, and I just never really saw anything from it. I have to say, so you just you said something a couple minutes ago where in high school you said you were a golfer, right? Mm hmm So best uh, best score in eighteen. Uh, even seventy-two. That's an accomplishment. I've never shot under par on eighteen. Never shot never shot under par on eighteen. I've shot even twice. Um. I've shot under par only on nine holes, but it, uh, I'm like a kind of a mental case. So that was where I was supposed to go play in college. Had a pretty big mental breakdown at the state, uh, tournament in my senior year and quick golf and decided to play baseball in college. I gotcha. Yeah. Cause so you said that. And so we, I just followed you on Instagram after we, we set this up and we got really excited. Um, I think we'll definitely be able to support each other throughout, you know, down the road. And I like everything that you're doing. We'll get to that. But, you said you're a golfer, and I'm like, is this the same guy I just watched post on Instagram that it was his third leg day in a row? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's no one. That's not true. Yeah. It's, uh, people probably, probably don't strike people like the golfer. My brother is a freak golfer. Like, he'll just roll out of bed after a night of drinking and shoot two over. You know, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how. I'm not like that. If I know I'm playing with him, I practice for three weeks so I know I can beat him. You know, for him, it's just natural. But, yeah, we're, he, played, he played college golf at University of Maine, so I was going to go – uh, play with him and then you know some some plans change there if you could play any golf course in america where would you play augusta i i just for the the feel there like that's the biggest thing i'm upset about this whole the virus i know it's affecting a lot of people but the fact that the masters aren't being played uh that's that's like 
more than football, baseball, anything. The Masters. You know what tomorrow is supposed to be. Yep. Yep. Tiger, Tiger holding the, putting the jacket on. Putting the jacket on himself. <laughs> I said that was the best day of the year last year was that, that Master Sunday, and they moved it up, so they teed off at like 8 a.m. Beers and breakfast, watching Tiger tee off. It was the best oh, day ever. Yeah. It, that was amazing. I think everybody probably can remember where they were last year, what they were doing. Yeah. Without a doubt. I was at home, luckily. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. It was so polarizing. That was That was cool. So here I, I got one. This one's off the cuff. Sorry, Mike. Um, I'm just kind of rolling. I'm in a good mood. But you're good. The NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball approach you, and you have to answer how we're going to be playing baseball through quarantine, or how we're going to finish the NHL season, how we're playing the NFL. What idea do you have to bring sports back to America? That's a good question. That is a that's a tough one because uh, you know you try to think like you could play baseball, right? Because you know, you're all the players are in separate areas, you know, but then what if there's a play at the plate, the umpire behind the catcher. So you can't, I mean, you'd have to go automated, right. For baseball, put them in a dome. I mean, or you just quarantine the leagues in these dome and have one field and just run games and everything at one place and make sure everyone that goes in fans or no, sorry, no fans, but the staff, the team, the refs, they don't get to leave that little town, you know, for however long, I guess. I heard something they were going to do like a Superdome for baseball in Arizona or something. Do we talk about yeah. that, Mike? Yeah, just run it out of the, Yeah, just run it out of like all the spring training sites yeah. there. Just have the players and everybody like scattered. Uh, it's it's tough. It's. I mean, for me, selfishly, I hope they just chalk up the MLB and chalk up the NFL for this year and just push it to next year because there's really no safe way to do it. But the Red Sox were going to suck, and the <laughs> Patriots are going to suck. So I'd rather just <laughs> not see one of the years of Tom Brady playing Aaron, in Tampa the Bay truth, and just the move The truth on. has out. <laughs> you know, yeah. I won't be I won't be upset if they don't play baseball or football again this year. So here's something, and I don't know if it was a rumor. I don't know if somebody just made this up. I don't I I don't know where I caught it. It was just on local sports talk. But the idea of possibly taking what would be the 2020 into 21. Um, college football and pro season taking and starting it in like February of next year. Yeah. You have February, March, April, May, end in May. You have June, July, August off and a late start in September. And you have two seasons of one calendar year. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why they, I mean, you, you, they could fit it in. It's just all about the rest or, you know, the recruiting period, the recovery for people with, you know, injuries, red shirts, stuff like that, I think would be the challenge. I don't think scheduling it would be an issue. You know, because they could fit yeah. all the games in the same time they do the regular spring sports. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't think about oh, yeah. recruiting. Um, I think that, yeah, that poses probably the biggest difficulty for yeah. college sports. Selfishly, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, when they, when, they open up, when they open up the high school again, I think it's, it's going to be a rush because all these kids, most people, especially for spring sports, your junior year is what you're recruited on for baseball and lacrosse. So there's going to be a lot of late commits next year because this senior year for those spring sports is super important. They're going to have to see them play, you know? So I think it's going to be, you know, football, I don't think is too affected if they go, just skip a year and go back to the normal, but I, the spring sports are going to have a pretty, pretty mm -hmm. tough time. I hope they give eligibility back for the, they're giving eligibility back for spring athletes, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. I feel like they have to, I mean, they played like four games or whatever in their seasons or they barely got started. So it's like, you really yeah. didn't play anything. You got to take care of it. It's just tough for those, those non-scholarship people 
like, am I going to pay for a fifth year to go just, you know, go play, especially if you're, you know, you might not be someone mm-hmm. that might go to the league, you know? Yeah. So it's a, the, the financial issues for the individuals, I think would be kind of a problem, but I hope they do it. So me and you got to know each other when we were both at Nova. Uh, you were the strength coach there. You did uh, football, baseball, and then a couple other smaller sports, I believe. Uh, the, but the yeah. football and baseball were two primary. Um, so just give me kind of your like favorite memories at Nova, your what you took from it, your kind of accomplishments, things like that. Or any funny Coach Cox or Coach Trace or Coach Rhodes stories because those three were characters. I think um, for me, and I still miss this every day, is being a part of like the university, wearing the V, being on the sidelines for the games. I, I do miss that a lot, and I miss the relationships with the players. Um, because, again, for me, you know, a lot of people love fitness and love strength conditioning. My favorite part about it is like working with – athletes helping them grow preparing them for what's next so i I miss those relationships and that that was my favorite part about it i loved when we were at nova you know once you're there um you know and you're you know on the legit staff you they make it seem like it's your home you know they give you keys that gym's yours you can go whenever we want you can come back it's yours you just have to treat it right and respect it but the you know allowing them allowing you to kind of have that feel that you know you're part of the family you can do what you want as long as you respect it was awesome um, cause that's a big university, yeah. you know, and for me, you know, I'd only been in the industry for less than a year when they brought me in. And then, um, when coach Cox left and they had us as the interim, uh, director running everything, you know, it was probably kind of like, here's the keys, you know, the keys, to the, the car, just run it. Um, it was an awesome experience and I was able to learn a lot on the fly. Um, I don't think I had a better mentor at that time for my time there before we were the directors, um, then it could have been coach Cox, you know, because he prepared us every day as if he was leaving tomorrow. And then one day he came in and said, I'm leaving. So we were, we were as prepared as we could be, but um, yeah, it was great. It was uh, hanging out with you there 5.00 AM midnight, you know, it was those long days. Don't really, you know, you don't feel them when you're loving what you're doing and you feel like you're a part of that. something a little bit bigger, which was awesome. Yeah. Definitely. I, I echo that 100% because me being equipment manager there, I was given full access to, you know, all the other facilities, the weight room, the, the field, everything like that. So, like, you guys would be there at, like, 8 p.m. finishing up stuff or getting stuff ready for the next day, and I'd be just finishing my work day, heading in there to get my lift in. So it was definitely one of the great great parts about it that they do just say, like, hey, this is your job. You got the keys. You do it. You respect it. You take care of it. We don't care. We're, we're going to let you do your thing. Those are doing the right stuff. They trust yeah. you. And – um I think some of the, some, some places, you know, that I don't think they view it that way. So, but you know, them being there is like that family feel, you know, it's a big school, you know, with a small family feel. So it really, I think it allowed people to really grow um, because of that, because of the responsibility that they gave you. Yeah, absolutely. From Nova, you went to uh, fast twitch Saddlebrook kind of give me what kind of went into you leaving to go to this better opportunity, what it was like building that place up, your mission there, what you kind of, what you're trying to accomplish, everything like that. Yeah. So um, it was a super tough decision, I think, for me. And it's one of the things I miss terribly about being in college athletics is the you know, being being there on the on the sidelines on game days and being with the college. But as you know, you move around a lot. I was probably getting ready to actually go down to um, help Coach Cox out in Texas. Um, so it really came between going down there with him or, you know, having the opportunity at Fast Switch in New Jersey. Now, Fast Switch was founded um, in Florida years ago, seven years ago, but they 
uh, introduced me to the uh, Dr. Ferraro, who is the founder of the Fast Switch Saddlebrook in New Jersey. I got the chance to go meet him one day. And um, for me, after meeting him and sitting down and talking to him, it was a no brainer that to go with him because we were on the same wavelength. We had the same goals. We're, we're like super similar in all aspects of life. So I was like, he's someone that I want to go grow with. And it gave me the opportunity to go to a place where I could put roots and go with um, my wife, Ashley, and go there and not Oh, how long are we going to be there? You know, we could really start a family and start a life. Um, and then just being in the gym with the vision that he had for the gym um, and not just being a singular facility is what really attracted me because I, I love training, but I, I have bigger goals. I want, you know, with fast twitch, you know, we just partnered with the NFL alumni. So with our partnership, the goal is to open up a fast switch in every city in the country, uh, the 35 that have NFL alumni chapters have alumni in the area, uh, you know, be the president of it, be the face of it. And we just implement our, you know, philosophies, uh, methodology, stuff like that. But the vision was always bigger than just one. And I never wanted to be tied down to just one gym or one training facility. Cause as much as I love training, uh, I want to do it on a larger scale than just the hours of training in the gym, you know? So meeting him was like, it was a no brainer. I came back, asked pretty much asked, asked, Ashley's permission. I was like, can we move to Jersey? She was like, yeah, let's do it. There you go. Smart man, making sure that the, uh, the wife is okay with everything before you, you agree with anything. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was good with it. You know, I think she was like, so we're going to one place. You're not going to move again. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> um, anyone starting up former athlete took a few years off, just trying to get back into some, you know, physical shape, any advice for them to get started or, you know, restart, uh, get back to where they were trying to be. Yeah, I think for me, it's always understanding when you're 18 to 22 years old, that's the peak, one of the peak shapes of your life. Really, regardless if you get hurt and you're trying to come back from it, for the amount of stuff that you're doing and how young you are and how your body recovers, adapts, and, and your metabolism, the good chances are you're never going to be in that type of shape. Not that good of shape, but that type of shape ever again. You know what I'm saying? Um so just understanding that and understanding that it's not, you're not going to get back there in a month. Like fitness and training and health and wellness is a lifestyle. So that's why I really don't believe in fad diets. I really don't believe in 30 day challenges unless it's to kickstart your journey. You know, I don't believe in get ripped in six or, you know, 60 days and that's it. I don't, you know, the juice cleanses, they don't do it for me because it has to be a lifestyle change. It has to be something that you can do um, and repeat every day six, eight, 12 months, three years, four years, for the rest of your life, you know, and, and finding something that you're able to enjoy doing to, to do that, to get you to your fitness goal is super important. You might like fasting. I might hate it. You know what I'm saying? So why am I going to do something that I hate when there's other ways to get to your goal? Because if I hate it, I'm going to stop and be like, screw this. And then, you know, you hop off, off your nutrition or whatever. So finding something that you like, just understanding that it's a, it's a lifestyle, slow roll, long play. So going off that, Chris, I just, this just kind of popped into my head. Do you think the hardest part for getting into like a routine and everything is starting it or two weeks down the road, keeping it and moving forward and staying with it? Yeah, I, I don't think starting any anything like that is hard because everyone rides those waves of motivation. It's about finding your why and keeping that in your head when you go over those speed bumps or you get derailed because... If it is easy and it's cliche, if it's easy, 
and you could build muscle or lose fat in 60 days, there would be a lot more people walking around with six packs. But how are you going to respond 45 days in when you want to say screw it for a week and then that week turns to two weeks, then you get off and then it's then it's Memorial Day and every Thursday through Sunday is happy hour at five o'clock. You know, so it's about how are you going to battle those and where and keeping your why right in front of you and understanding it, you know, but it's because you see so many people start, they get derailed about six to eight weeks in usually. So that I mean, that's something that we try to provide is guidance through those bumpy times rather than them starting. Yeah. And I think one of the things I see from you constantly on social media and everything is like you show your training and everything like that. And then you always come back to like the end of the day, like, this is my why, this is why I do it. This is what keeps me pushing. And I think that's the kind of the thing that really people struggle with. Like they get started, they go for a couple of weeks, they feel great. And then it kind of tapers off. And then it's just people struggle with figuring out like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is what makes me feel good. I need to make this a routine. And I think that's one of the great things about you. You always keep it real and you're like, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I continue to train as hard as hell and get in there and lift heavy fucking weights every single day. And I think you have to be real with yourself with that. And that's why it's so important because, and that's why I have really changed my social media. I used to just put up lifting, right? I think it's important for people to see that not, that it's not perfect. Not everyone's superhuman. You know, I'm not walking around at 6% because I, I like to have beers, but in moderation and being real with yourself, asking your why, if your why is just to look good, then you shouldn't be having your beers, right? Or if your why is to use your training to better you as a person mentally, you know, that's a different thing. And there's no right or wrong. Everyone's a little bit different, you know? So I try to keep mine in front of me, in front of my face every single day. Um, So when I do want to go do something stupid or slack off or do this, you remind yourself even, even, when your motivation's a little down. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of transitioning off of that. Um, you touched on a little bit. Uh, were there any specific goals you gave for yourself this year, fitness-wise, outside of that, um, personal development, anything like that that maybe you want to touch on? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I have some, obviously, the finance. So I'm going to be a father in, in August. So I'm having my first kid in August. Super Congrats. excited. So thank you. So there, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I can't wait. Um so everything kind of changed for me at that time. It kind of looked at, at uh, my goals turned to how to get myself in the best position for when August comes physically, mentally. Like I, I changed a lot of my diet for less of what I look like and more for my overall health. So I know I'll be able to be there and be healthy for my kid. A lot of it changed from my goals going from financially for me to be able to buy a house or pay for my full leg sleeve tattoo to how much can I put away for her? How much can I, you know, how much can we start at 529 when she's born, you know, and, and doing that. Um, one of my big, my biggest one was getting the no windy sleeves from a business standpoint launched and getting people to understand the movement. And then um, I guess in the gym was 600, if, if you want to break it down, but I got there. So now I got to reevaluate that one. Can you touch on the windy sleeves a little bit? Yeah, of course. So so the no windy sleeves, I mean, the name started, well, my, my brother and his buddy in Texas, they, you know, they weren't lifting too much at the time and they had some really loose sleeves and my brother's, my brother went and blew on my buddy's sleeve. He's like, dude, I got windy sleeves. Stop. You know? So we were like, that is so funny. So we had all our other stuff going on. We we're like, that's an awesome like podcast name. So we just started it. Then we kept going back to the point of in every, because I'm surrounded and my partners in the other companies are entrepreneurs that own a bunch of other companies as well. So we're like, 
what's our overall mission with everything that backs everything? And it always was helping people and bettering people. And I, and I touched on it before that I'm in strength conditioning because I like helping people, you know, move and grow along the way. Not, I don't really care what they look like on the beach on Memorial Day weekend. I care about getting their confidence up, uh, getting them out of depression, helping with their anxiety, stuff like that. Um, so I try to, we try to identify what that movement is. And that's what the no windy sleeves movement is. It is committing yourself to excellence, committing yourself to greatness and just being 1% better than you were yesterday, mentally and physically, and just committing yourself to being the best version of yourself that you possibly can be. And we want to provide, and we're building out right now, a platform for people that want to get on the movement, you know? So anything that you need from literature, uh, blogs, articles, audio, you know, podcasts, video content for lifting, mental stimulation, what books to read, you want motivational videos, online coaching, we're, we're creating a platform right now um, through a website that's going to have all that, you know, so when you're in the movement, you're committing yourself, and then you're a part of something bigger than yourself, trying to build that university feel that we had, mm-hmm. outside of that for the people that don't have it. And again, we're not trying to attract the people that are 4% body fat looking to get to two. We're not even trying to attract people in just fitness. We just want to be there and be a support system and a structure for people that want to, you know, get better and produce the best version of themselves that they can, you know, and be able to pass that down generation to generation. Yeah. I think the no windy sleeves movement that you've got going is one of the coolest things I've seen because when you first got to Saddlebrook and everything like that, and you were working out, you would, you know, post things like hashtag no windy sleeves, stuff like that. And like, it kind of started as like, just kind of a slogan for, I think like you and your boys and everything. And then it started getting bigger and bigger. And I, I mean, just as someone that followed you and knew you, I was like, this is going to become something bigger than just a hashtag, a saying, something that you call your boys out on, like, Oh, you got windy sleeves. So seeing you kind of, you and your buddies and your business partners blow it up from just something you say to, a whole movement and a whole business opportunity and things like that is probably one of the coolest things I've seen in my life because it's, it's, it's um, frankly amazing because everything you just said, where you're just trying to be 1% better, not just fitness, just in your personal life and everything like that is what everybody needs, especially in like this time. Now you're just trying to better yourself in any possible way. You're trying to find something new or, just continue on your thing. And I, I mean, I, I give you so much props for that because it's, it's amazing. I mean, I've been following you for a while, but anybody that hasn't needs to, needs to get on the no windy sleeves movement because it's not yeah. just about getting big and having huge, yeah. you know, shoulders, buys, everything like that. I mean, that's part of it. Of course. Of course. We say attack your life. Like you would attack filling your sleeves every day in the gym, you go in there, you grind, you have a goal to achieve and you do it. That's how you should attack and live your life. And it's just something that we get so jacked up about and we're all on the same page that like, we just want to help people. And we kind of have done a terrible job of marketing it because people think it's an apparel line. It's not, it's a cool logo that has a catchy name that can, you know, and we have really good clothes and stuff, but it's something bigger than that. And um, I think I want to thank you guys for bringing, bringing me on here. So we had the chance to kind of get that out there. Um, But as we grow, we want to do it. But I appreciate you saying that stuff because I would say if I could when one person DMs me a day from a post I put up, it makes my day. That's one person that I gave a little bit of information to. That's my purpose. You know, I give a shout out to my buddy, Michael Cezern. He, he's, his quote, his slogan for his company is, you live with, a, live with a purpose to serve a purpose. And that's actually how I literally view life, you know? Yeah. I, there's so many times where you could go 
in a different direction and make more money and, you know, and do something that you don't want to do. You know, I, I'd rather, I get more enjoyment out of helping people and, and I don't know, it just gets me fired up. And I think if you surround yourself with those people, we built an awesome team. And I think that's why it took us a little long to launch it. One of the right people around me, um, my, all my partners are, are kick ass and it's just, it's fun. You know, when we get off these calls, you know, it, it, you just look at things differently. And I think, um, being able to help people through this time is super important too. Yeah. I went, I went through a rut. Things are changing here. You know, my gym is shut down right now, you know, so my income is off, but I need to figure out ways to stay positive, be there for my wife, be there for my friends, be there for people who look up to me, but I still had need people to lean on too. So I lean on them and that's like what it's about, you know? So yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Where can, uh, where can we find you on social media, Chris? Myself personally, FT underscore underscore Coach Tuttle, my coaching page. And then we have uh, the No Windy Sleeves Instagram as well. Okay. We'll blast that shit all over the place because it's, it's awesome. It's fun to watch. And, I mean, I've, I follow some of your fellow coaches, like I think Rurik, and, and they follow me and everything like that. So I get to see kind of your thing because I know you and then how it kind of grew to more people. So it's, it's, it's awesome, man. And you know, I can't give you more props than that because – you're making differences in people's lives. And, you know, even though you might not think you are, but people see it and, you know, I saw it. So I got mad into it. Mad was like, this is awesome. Let's get them on the pod. And hopefully some people yeah. listen to this and get on it. And it's, it's awesome. No, I appreciate it. I pre- appreciate you guys bringing me on. And like I said, you know, before, even before we started recording, I appreciate and respect what you guys are doing so much starting this pod up because it's something that you've wanted to do. You said you've wanted to do it for over a year. And it's like, now you put your head down and do it. And it's something that you're passionate about. And I think getting people to do more things that they're passionate about rather than money is the ultimate driver of happiness um, that you just can't take that away from anyone. So I, I really respect what you guys are doing. When you asked me to come on, I was fired up about it. So That means a lot, Chris. I, yeah. I'm hoping that once this whole thing is kind of behind us, um, and Mike and I have actually made it to this point without saying what's going on we've just hinted at it we haven't actually said it and we refuse to say it just because that's we want to leave that as far out of our minds when we come on here but when this whole thing is behind us i think you're going to see a lot of people who are going out and following a lot more of their passions than just following the dollar bill and i think that's going to be huge it's going to have an astronomical effect on this country um one, one other thing so as we kind of wrap it up um what's one or maybe a key key piece of advice that you've been given um, or you like to give out that's really stuck with you, um, that we can kind of, you know, spread forward right now, um, and kind of, you know, wrap it up on that. Yeah, I think there's two things. Um, one for like an overall, overall piece of life. Uh, my college baseball coach was really influ- influential for me. Um, you know, life changing. He just said, you know, for the most part, you know, you know, what's right and wrong, you know, just make the best conscious decision for yourself and understand that how it's going to uh, affect and reflect on your family. So if you just sit down and take a step back and don't ever make a decision in emotion, you're a smart enough person to make the right decision. So live by a code that you want to, every decision you have, your grandmother or mother is going to see, you know, I try to seriously do that. So sometimes when I curse on Instagram and stuff, I hear my mother in the back of my head up before I even post it. And literally 10 minutes after I post it, she'll text me, but you know, just <laughs> make, make good decisions as a and be a good human being. You know, my my dad always said, 
his goal when he raised my brother and I were not, you know, be a rocket scientist or how much money you're going to make. It's that if someone was on the side of the road dying of dehydration, he knows no matter what, both him and I would pull over and give him our last bottle of water. And he values that on raising successful, successful children. Um, so that stayed with me. So just be a good human. And then for the quarantine thing and, and staying positive and staying optimistic, uh, just stay in your routine and build a positive routine. You know, if you usually train at 7 a.m. every day, train at 7 a.m. Every, every day, you're going to get in ruts and things are going to change, you know, and this no one knows how long this is going to go on. So the best you can stay in routine and live your normal life as much as possible is going to keep you optimistic because it's really easy to fall into a hole, fall into a rut with eating and even, you know, drinking a lot during this um, can really affect you negatively. So just try to stay in your routine and do one productive, positive thing a day, even if you're out of work. Do one thing, then you can do what you want to do. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I, I will say, I, you know, this quarantine has brought me to a lot more drinking than I usually am. But the thing that keeps me going is every day after I'm fortunate enough to still be working and working from home. Every day after work, I get in and I get my workout in at home. It's not the same as going to the gym and doing what I'm used to, but it's something that keeps me going. It keeps me active. And you earn, that. You earn those drinks, so you can't just sit around and drink all day. If you know you're going to want to drink, and look, I like drinking beer. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't do it. I've slowed down on it because it really affected my training and my productivity. So as we're launching No Windy Sleeves, I've, I've really cut back. I really don't drink anymore. But I I love drinking beers. But earn those. You know, they're not like do a couple productive things throughout the day before you have your beers. If you get them all done by noon, sweet. Have your 12 o'clock wine or White Claw, whatever. But earn those. You know, or reward yourself with them. Yeah, absolutely. And then just before we kind of wrap up here, I want to give a shout out to you because you guys just put out something amazing on social media that you've been in the works on for no windy sleeves and stuff like that. You guys have a shirt that all the proceeds are going to kind of the frontline people that are working through this quarantine and this pandemic and everything like that. So I want to give a shout out to you because that's amazing. Go on at windy sleeves on Instagram, Twitter, everything like that. Look at it. It's an awesome shirt. Donate to whatever you can. And also give a personal shout out to you and your wife. Ashley, she's a nurse on the front line. So, you know, we respect everything that she's doing and she's a hero. And, you know, we hope that you guys are staying safe. We keep you guys in our prayers and everything like that. But you know, I wanted to give some recognition there because it's, you know, there's a lot of people doing some great things, but we got one on our podcast. So I wanted to, you know, throw that out there and give you guys a spotlight there because it's, it's amazing. That hits deep. That means a lot. Seriously, it gets me pretty emotional with that stuff. Um, so we know we're not a huge million dollar company. There's not a ton we can do, but we want to do our part. Um, and she, you know, she means the world to me. So I want to you know, do everything I can to help her and her coworkers. So yeah, if you guys go on, um, you can even uh, DM me at FT underscore coach Tuttle. You can Venmo me over the money. We'll send you out a shirt. Um, again, all the proceeds are going to her and her coworkers. And then another local hospital. Uh, we're getting supplies, getting dinner for all them. Um, we're just trying to help them out as much as we can. So I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, a lot. absolutely, man. So I think that'll about wrap it up. Matt, you got anything else? Any last questions? That's about all I have. Um, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming on and sharing your experiences and what you have going on. And, um, well, you got two more two more members of the No Windy Sleeves crew. And um, just keep things rolling, man. Stay strong. Let's go, baby. Thanks, Chris.